let me ask you a question. How many of y'all enjoy watching people? Enjoy watching people. You know, one of the things I enjoy watching people is when you go to the elevator. How many of y'all would admit that you punched the elevator button more than once? I mean, you're standing there while you punch it, or there might be seven or eight people at the elevator. Even though it's been punched, you still go up and you punch the button. And then you get on the elevator, and what does everybody do? You step on the elevator, and where do you go? You go to the back, you go to the corners, you go to the sides, but sometimes you get on the elevator and it's rather full, and sometimes that happens at Florida Hospital, and and sometimes, you know, I'll end up in the middle of the elevator and there's people all around you. Now, you have a choice. What are you going to do? Are you just going to cross your arms and stand on that elevator? You know, put your hands down. Are you going to pretend like there's nobody else around? Or are you going to talk to everybody on the elevator? So what do you think I do? Talk. Yeah, probably. Well, thanks. But, I mean, we hit the button. We go to the corners of the elevator. But... Something that happens in our house all the time when we, we're about to go somewhere, our kids are like, I've got shotgun. I mean, when they say, I want shotgun, that means they're what? They want to sit in the front seat. Something I haven't figured out yet. And I could probably become a billionaire if I could figure this out. Why is it that we always want to sit in the front seat of the car, but the back row at church? I mean, I've been in part of church a long time. I don't think I've ever seen a mad dash for the front row at church. I mean, most of the time, the people that have to sit on the front row, you're, you're, you're taking straws, you're doing something, and you lost, so you got to sit on the front row. Or I, I put down, how many of you ever ask for instructions, and then you argue with the person that's giving you the instructions? Does that sound familiar to some of you? Or my ask is, I'm still trying to figure out, what is the purpose of a necktie? Have you all ever tried to figure that out? Well, at Christmas time, when you watch people, it gets rather interesting. Matthew, can you help me out, please? What I've got, is a nativity set from Israel. I got it 26 years ago. And since that point, Amy and I, we collect nativity sets from all around the world. You can come in our home, and I, man, you're always welcome into our home. Our home is, man, it's open to you. We're family. We're in this together. But when you come in our home, we'll have nativity sets from all around the world, but right now, when you walk in our front door, the very first thing you'll, you'll see is this particular nativity set all the way from Israel. From 26 years ago, it, it means a, a lot to me. But here's what I see at Christmas time. Christmas time is a time to really show us if we are planted in Christ 
or are we planted in something else? It's really easy at Christmas time for us to start getting planted in Christmas parties. We're planted in our jobs, and we're even planted in our families, and we before we realize it, we're planted in something other than Jesus. Here's a statement. I want everybody to look at me. Do not miss this. Whatever you plant your life in or whatever is planted next to you is what you're going to bow down and you're going to worship. Whatever that you are planted in in your life, or whatever is planted next to you is what you are going to bow down to. So here's the Christmas challenge. Here's the 2018 Christmas challenge for all of us. Be planted in the person in the manger and experience his great. Listen to this, and it should come up on the screen. This is how I stated it. Be planted in the person in the manger to experience the greatest power. If you and I are going to experience the greatest power in our life, we have got to be planted in the person of Christ. Look what it says in Philippians. Look at Philippians chapter 2. Look at verse number 9. Why should you be planted in the person of Christ. Look what it says, Philippians chapter 2, verses 9, 10, and 11. It's a beautiful picture of who Christ is. So here's the invitation. In nine minutes, I'm going to invite you this Christmas to be planted in Jesus and experience his power. Here's what I've learned about us. We so underestimate the power of Jesus, and we overestimate the power we can do. Let me state that again. All of us are guilty that we underestimate the power of Jesus Christ, and we overestimate the power of us. You can see that by what we're planning to. But look what it says, Philippians chapter 2, beginning in verse number 9. It's all about Jesus here. Therefore, God has highly exalted him, given him the name which is above every name. Is there a greater thing than the name of Jesus? Uh, Y'all can talk back to me. We're family. Is there a greater name than the name of Jesus? No. Look what it says again at the end of verse 9. And given him a name which is above every name. Why do you need to be planted in Jesus during Christmas? Because Jesus gives us access to all the power of God. Have you thought about it? And it isn't a humbling thing that you and I as Christians, because of Jesus Christ and the person of Jesus Christ, we have access to all the power of God. You know, let's say 
I, I walk into the local bank and I get out my checkbook and I, and I, I write a check for cash or I write a check for a, a million dollars. I, I sign my name at the bottom of the check. I, I walk up to the teller and say, hey, I want to cash this check for a million dollars. Now, how do you think that teller is going to respond? She's going to laugh. He's going to laugh. They're, they're going to probably, they're going to look at my account and they're going to say, sir, you don't have enough money in order to cash this check. But say right after me, Bill Gates walks into the room and Bill Gates writes a check for a, a million dollars. What, what are they going to say? Yes, sir. How would you like that? Would you like hundreds or tens or twenties? How would you like your money, sir? But I have a problem. I don't have access to his name. But I've got some great news for you. I've got greater access than Bill Gates. I've got access to the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. I've got access to the great I Am, and my access comes to the person of Jesus Christ. I might not have access to Bill Gates, but on the bottom of my check, I've got access to the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. I've got access to the name that is above all names. Look what it goes on to say in verse number 10. Look what's going to happen in verse number 10, Philippians 2, 10. That at the name of Jesus, every what? Now, the last time I checked, what does the word every mean? Everybody. There's going to be a moment that every knee is going to bow. I don't know when that's going to happen. Only the Father knows that. I, I don't quite know how that is going to happen. But I, I kind of agree with Dr. Adrian Rogers. Dr. Adrian Rogers said, I'm on the welcoming team. I'm not on the planning team. And I want you to know, we might not know how it's going to happen. We might not know when it's going to happen. But I can tell you on the authority of God's Word, is it going to happen? Every knee is going to bow and every tongue is going to confess. It says that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow of those in heaven and those on earth and those under the earth, and that every tongue should do what? Confess what? Jesus Christ is Lord. Christmas challenge in 2018. Be planted in Jesus. Why should you be planted in Jesus? Here's question number one. I, I put it up there, and you've seen it up there just a moment ago as they've been kind of going through this. Number one, why be planted in Jesus? There's none like Jesus. I, I found these statements, and I, and I really like this. It said this, he never wrote a book, but he's the subject to the greatest book ever written. He never wrote a song, yet he is the subject of many. He never owned a home, 
but he's prepared one for us. Aren't you grateful? He's prepared one for me. He never, listen, he never traveled more than 100 miles from home, yet the entire world is in his presence. He didn't have a medical license, but he's known as the great physician. He never marshaled an army, but he could bring down every kind of kingdom imaginable. Herod could not kill him. Satan could not seduce him. Death could not destroy him, and the tomb could not keep him. So why? Why should I plant my life, why should I plant my Christmas in Jesus and not my job, not my family, not in my intelligence, because there's none like Jesus? Why should I plant my life in Jesus? Look at question number two. What, who did Jesus say he was? We just said that he is the name that's above every name. But who did Jesus say he was? In the book of John, we know the seven I am statements. Look at who Jesus says. He says, I am the good shepherd. Why do you want to be planted in something other than the good shepherd? John chapter 6, verse 48 says, I am the bread of life. John 15, verse 5, he says, I am the vine. John chapter 14, verse 6, I am the way, the truth, and the life. John chapter 8, verse 12, I am the light of the world. John chapter 10, verse 9, I am the door. Can I ask you, why in Christmas 2018 would you plant yourself in any other thing except the great I am? As a matter of fact, it's quite interesting. I want you to jot. I give you numbers all the time. You probably don't remember any of them, but God love you. Let me give you another number because I can. Write the number down, 256. Write down the number 256. Why the number 256? Because there's 256 different names of Jesus in the Scripture. 256 names. Why is Jesus going to be where I planted? Because no one like him. No one else is greater than who he is. Write this third thing down and you'll see it. What does the scripture say about the name of Jesus? Let's read it again in Philippians chapter 2 verse 9 and 10. What does it tell us again about the name of Jesus? Therefore, God has highly exalted him and given him the name which is above every name, that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow, of those in heaven and those on earth and those under the earth, that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. Is there a greater name than the name of Jesus? No, let me give you several things about the name of Jesus. At the name of Jesus, the devil is powerless against the name of Jesus. The devil is powerless against the name of Jesus. Demons are cast out in the name of Jesus. Let me ask you a question. Did Simon Peter say, hey, in Simon Peter's name I cast out demons? Did the Apostle Paul say, in the Apostle Paul's name I cast out demons? Did John say, the beloved who was the closest Jesus, did he cast out demons in his name? Who did they cast out demons in? In what name? So why in the world are we going to plant our life in any other thing except the name of Jesus? Healing happens in the name of Jesus. 
Salvation happens in the name of Jesus. Acts tells us salvation is found in no other name except the name of what? We're baptized in the name of Jesus. We are justified in the name of Jesus. Justified means that we are declared righteous the moment that you became a Christ follower. The righteousness of Christ was imputed and was given to you. Look at this. We pray in the name of Jesus. We give thanks in the name of Jesus. Over and over again, you'll see throughout the Bible, it is done in the name of Jesus Christ. So here's a Christmas challenge. Here's the invitation. Be planted in the person in the manger. Don't be planted in your job. Some of you are really planting your job. Let me tell you what. A job can be gone in a matter of seconds. Don't be planted in a family. Let me me tell you this. Too many times we are looking for our joy and our satisfaction come from our family. Don't look to your family to be your joy, your source. Let Jesus Christ, the King of kings, be your source. Don't allow to be planted in the material things that you have. The stock market could collapse next week and you have nothing. Don't be planted in that. Whatever you do, be planted in Jesus. Let me give you four statements. It's not going to come up on the screen, but here's the, I want you to process this through. When we're planted in Jesus, we are saying, I choose his plan for my life. When I'm going to be planted in Jesus, I'm saying, I choose his plan. Some of that young men, young ladies in this room, that's for you to be a missionary. I'll never forget being a seventh grader in Ludington, Michigan on a mission trip where God spoke to me and called me out to preach. For some of you, God is stirring in your heart. When you're planted in Jesus, you say, I choose his plan. When we are planted in Jesus, I choose to give and to save and to spend according to his priorities. When I'm planted in Jesus and there's none other like him, I'm going to give, I'm going to save, and I'm going to spend according to his priorities. When I am planted in Jesus, I'm saying I'm no longer in charge, but I will be obedient to the word of God. Listen to that again. When we are saying, I am planted in Jesus, I am saying, I am no longer in charge, but I am going to follow the word of God. When I'm planted in Jesus, I'm saying, I am his ambassador, and I will only say what the king of kings tells me to say. Because here's what I know. Everybody is planted in something. The question is, what are you planted in? When you're planted in Jesus, you're planted in the living word. When you're planted 
in Jesus, you have access to all of his power. When you are planted in Jesus, you are planted next to a river that will never run dry. When you are planted in Jesus, your joy will be full. So here's our 2018 challenge. Be planted in the person of the manger to experience the greatest power. So here's the invitation. Are you willing to be planted in Jesus? There's none other like him. In just a moment, I'm going to pray, and I'm going to invite you to be planted in Jesus. Some of you, like, like the lady who in the first service, the nine o'clock service, I, I just wa- watched a spirit of brokenness come before her and walk down to one of the pastors just broken. That might be you. Maybe you're planting in your job, you're planting in your family today. Why don't you come and be planted in Jesus? Because there's none lacking. Let's pray together. Lord God, we thank you. Lord, for who you are. We thank you, Lord, that you can do what you say you can do. And Lord, I pray that we will be planted in you alone. God, forgive us for being planted next to or in our job. God, forgive us for being planted in our self-centeredness. God, forgive us for being planted and what we want. And dear Jesus, may we be planted in the Jesus of the manger. Right now, no one's moving. No one's looking around. If we could check where you're planted today, what would it say? If I could walk up to you and it could crowd. Hey, they're planted in the job. They're planted in this. They're planted in sin. They're pl- what you're planted in, would it say Jesus or would it say something else? Today, you have an opportunity to move from being planted in the wrong thing to be planted in the right thing. So in just a moment, we stand, we sing, the pastors are down front. Why don't you come and be planted in Jesus today? Lord God, I pray over this invitation. We pray a a freedom across this room that we will be planted in you. Because, Lord, your name should be highly exalted. In Christ's name, amen.